my theme song. That's my music. That means it's Friday morning. It's 10 a.m. This is Philanthropy in Focus. I am your boy, the nonprofit sector connector. My wife said to me the other day, how long are you going to be your boy, Tommy D? And I go, always forget it, whatever. I already have gray hair in my beard. It's not like I'm, uh, I'm not already an old man. So your boy, Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you. Where? Here on talkradio.nyc, here on Talking Alternative Broadcasting, if you're checking us out on Facebook. Why wouldn't you check us out on Facebook? Because you can actually see what we're talking about, or well, you listen to what we're talking about, you hear what we're talking about, you can see us while we talk, I guess is a better way to say it. And every single week, I'll be here at 10 a.m. on the se- above this. No, I'm not on the second floor. I was on the second floor before I came up the stairs below the roof above the second floor. In my attic. That's where I operate from. I have operated here for the last 18 months. In fact, I sneaked or snuck out. I left last night to go to a gala for uh, for Long Island Select Healthcare. So uh, thanks, Jim Powell and, uh, and Amy Fleischer for the invite. Jim's been on the show. Incredible organization. Dr. Jim Powell, my mom would say to me, Thomas, he's a doctor. And when I said that to Jim, he goes, Tommy, Tommy D, call me Jim. So shout out to Jim, Dr. Powell. Uh, incredible event. It was um it was actually af- after my class. I'm, I, I don't know if all you guys know this now, but I'm, I'm back in school, like that Ron, Roddy Dangerfield movie, with uh, the core certificate program for the Institute for Nonprofit Practice. So really, I, I put a put something out there on uh, on LinkedIn and, and said, how are you sharpening your axe? Well, I'm sharpening my axe because I'm going back to learn more about this sector so I can be more impactful for the sector. So talk about impact. Let me talk to you about this show, this program. It's called Philanthropy in Focus. And every single Friday morning, I visit with a leader of a nonprofit organization. Sometimes it's the executive director or the CEO. Sometimes it's the founder. Sometimes that's the same person. And we have a story time. We learn about their organization. We learn about their mission. We learn about their programs. We find out why they're in nonprofits or why they're in service work, why they got involved. And... uh, Find out the impact they're making, because that's what I am all about. It's all about impact and it's all about adding value. So when I asked myself two and a half, three years ago, where can I find an additional way to make impact? Where can I find an additional way to add value? And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a show. I called it a podcast at the time, although this is a live radio show that then it's turned into a podcast. But I said, I want to interview nonprofit leaders to help them tell their story. And as I say all the time, amplify their message. I'm all about amplifying the message because it's about telling these stories. I believe, and if you've visited with me before, if this is your first time, I'm going to point it out to you again or for the first time. Nonprofits change our world every day. They make impact. They add value, as I've said now. And what happens is I think they're overlooked, underfunded for sure, and unrecognized and unacknowledged for the work that they do. And my answer to that challenge or problem is philanthropy and focus. It's a show, but it's a movement. 60 days of service. I'm running around doing nonprofit service. We may get into that today because, Melinda, I have some ideas about how I might be able to do some service work for your organization. And I'm sure, you know, albeit maybe a middle-aged guy, I'm I'm able-bodied. You could probably find some service work for me to do for your organization at some point uh, before the ball drops in Times Square, because I finished day 16 and 17 this week. So speak about sharpening your axe, Tommy D, a lot of wood to chop, a lot of wood to chop before the end of this year to make sure I hit my number, hit 60. So let's get right into this conversation. Um, Melinda, you and I actually, I'm going to read some information. First, let me do what I like to do. I like to say welcome to the show and welcome to my attic. Thank you for having me, Tommy. It's an honor. It's awesome. Glad to be in your attic. Well, I'm glad to be sort of in your basement at the same time. (laughs) I saw saw a friend of mine last night. Hey, Yolanda Rubano Gross uh, from Options. And she said she's been on the show and she said uh, she was at this event for Long Island Select Healthcare. And she said, Tommy, I want to be the first person that actually gets to do a real live interview in the attic. Like not virtually. She goes, I want to come to your house and go in the attic. I said, well, listen. I'll have to clean up the attic and we'll have to figure it out. But, but maybe that's a 22 situation. Um, talk to Sam Leibowitz on the other side of the glass. Sam, we might be doing the show literally in the attic. So we'll figure out all that, all that out down the road, guys. I will try to get off of these topics and move into the topic at hand. So Angela Caranudo, uh Rosen was the one who originally introduced you and I. So if she's listening, what's up, Angela? Thank you for making the connections. It's all about the connections, right? This is it. The nonprofit sector connector. That's what I do. I, I meet people. I say, I want to help. And then they introduce me to their friends who run organizations. And when 
in 2020, when this was like, when I wasn't even doing a show here on talk radio, I was doing quasi doing a show here in the attic. You know, it was, and you were one of my guests, you and Angela Melinda came on the show and it was a show. The show was a little different then, uh, not much different, but it was just the three of us meeting and I recorded it and then I put it on YouTube and there was, there was no radio. There was not a lot of support. I didn't have a theme song with lyrics. You haven't heard the lyrics yet. You'll see here when we get back from the break. It's usually a chuckle for, for my guests for the first time they hear the song. Uh, but but this is um, you've been with me before, so we're just going to have a great conversation. Great. Um, I know your organization is making an impact. I want you to share with my guest. I know we need to talk about legislation. Listen to me, folks. If you're connected at some levels in, in government here in New York uh, and you have the ear of, of Ms. Hochul, we need to talk. We need to connect with you. And that's just a teaser. But Melinda and I will get into that today. So. All right. So let me read a little bit of background real quick. And then Melinda, this is your story. This is your show. I'm just here to be the navigator. So the Dominic A. Murray 21 Memorial Foundation provides heart screenings for children, teens, and young adults for the early detection of risk factors and conditions that may lead to sudden cardiac arrest. Training in CPR, AED, and I'll help you out with the acronym, cardiopulmonary resuscitation, automated external defibrillators. So training is another thing to do is training in CPR, AED, and life-saving AED equipment that they provide uh, for organizations. And they do this to prevent sudden cardiac arrest and death in, in young people. And we're going to learn really why that is so important to Melinda specifically. So Melinda Marinayak is the founder and president of the Dominic A. Murray 21 Memorial Foundation, which is a 501c3 established in 2010. She's also a board member of the Queens Chamber of Commerce. Shout out Brendan Levy. Shout out Tom Gretsch and the whole Queens Chamber team. Uh, national board of, she's on the National Board of Parent Heart Watch, the American Heart Association. She volunteers there. She's a member of the Bayside Business Association, where I'm a board member. Shout out to Bayside. If I got to pick a borough, it's Queens. If I got to pick a town, it's Bayside, for sure. If I'm, if I'm just going to... Listen, I'm just telling you guys, don't be angry with me. I'm sorry if it, if it bothers you. She's a member of the Health and Business Alliance, which is an organization I think we connected I connected you to, the HBA, uh, and is a certified heart saver CPR AED instructor. Melinda, you have a story to tell. I want to give you the opportunity to tell it. I usually say at this point, what drew you to nonprofit work? In this case, it's a bit different. It's a personal story. Please share as best as you can and as much as you want to. Thank you, Tommy. Um, what drew me to to the nonprofit world to do charity work actually has to do with the loss of my only child, Dominic, in 2009. Um, my son was playing basketball at Farmingdale State College. He um, had just been there for seven weeks, 17 years old, and playing the sport that he loved, basketball. In the middle of a routine layup, Dominic's heart stopped and he collapsed on the court, but no one recognized that Dominic was in cardiac distress. So no one um, started CPR right away. No one got the AED right away to deliver that life-saving shock. And on October 5th, 2009, Dominic died playing um, the sport that he loved. It was not until his autopsy that his congenital heart defect was revealed. We had no idea that Dominic had a ticking time bomb in his chest. He was playing sports every day. Um, he started playing at the age of seven. He passed every pre-participation sports physical and he was diagnosed healthy at every well child visit. How could we not know? I wanted to ensure that what happened to my child didn't happen to another child. So we started with the help of family and friends, Dominic's foundation, the Dominic A. Murray 21 Memorial Foundation. 21 is Dominic's jersey number, and that's why that significant I, number. I, I just wrote it down on my paper. I just wrote down 21 <laughs> because I think I knew that, but I was about to ask you, but yeah. you, you beat me to it. So, yep. wow. From the time he played CYO, AAU, varsity in high school, um, and that was going to be his jersey number at Farmingdale State. But before he was able to start in the first game, he died on the court. Um, it wasn't until Dominic's death that I even learned what sudden cardiac arrest was. 
And that should not have been. If your child is playing sports, you should know what the risks are. What I also did not know is that 23,000 kids die every year from sudden cardiac arrest, 7,000 of them under the age of 18. Let's, let's, let's yeah. just, let's stay there for a sec if we could. So first of all, obviously my condolences on the loss of your son. Thank you. Tragic. Your candor, I appreciate so much because as painful as it is for you to tell the story, I think it obviously needs to be told and it needs to be told from an onset of a conversation like this so we can set up the listeners to know what, what the challenge is here and how, how your organization and other organizations that I assume you align with are, are working to solve mm-hmm. these, these yes. issues. So give me those numbers again. 23,000. 23,000 youth. Young people die from sudden cardiac arrest every year. 7,000 of those youth are under the age of 18. Sudden cardiac arrest and death in the young is not rare. The real tragedy is it's preventable. So that's, that's the numbers are tragic. Um, but, but we have opportunities here, right? This is an area of opportunity we can solve for, for this. And, and what does it take? It, it takes education. Education on what sudden cardiac arrest is, its signs, symptoms, and risks. Bringing awareness to it. Knowing that it's preventable. Screening young hearts for underlying heart conditions with an EKG or an echo. Because you and I both know, and we spoke in the past, that a stethoscope cannot detect heart disease in a child. Mm-hmm. And is that, so So let's talk about that. So you're saying in, in a typical physical, that's that's the check, is, is, is yeah. with a stethoscope. And I, I didn't think yeah. I was, when I heard you say it, I didn't think I was going to pronounce it correctly. I think that's the you first did. time I've ever said it the right way. I'm not, really well. I'm, not even, I'm not even going to try it a second time. <laughs> But that's not going to be accurate enough. That's not going to give the information. No. no. Look, look in Dominic's case and many children like Dominic all over the world. He passed every pre-participation sports physical and he was diagnosed healthy at every well child visit. The stethoscope. Yeah. So. So when we when we talk education, we'll get into programming in, in our next segment or, or the one after that. But when we when we talk about education, um, is it is it schools? Is it the Boy Scouts? Is it uh, different sports leagues? Like, where are you trying to to access people? I'm, I'm guessing you can say yes to all that, Tommy D, like, right, obviously. But where? Like the folks who are listening are, it's a diverse group of people that are listening to us on the network here. And then I don't know who listens to to be candid with you after the fact. So the people that, that this information falls upon, who are they, who, well, you don't know who they are, but who are the ones you want me to connect you with and who are the ones that we need to meet with? Um, I will say all, but let me break it apart for you and just tell you why it's significant. When you think about the schools, students are in school. They participate in sports activities, school-related activities. Parents get to know information from the schools where information is sent home to them, which is a key point to our legislation, which is what I will talk about a little later when we get on into the show. Information provided to the students and their families on what sudden cardiac arrest is, its signs, symptoms, and risk is critical. Parents don't know what they need to know if no one educates them on this. And that's why it's important that the schools, school districts, schools, public and non-public schools, all. My son played in um, youth organized um, youth organized sports, basically AAU, CYO, um, different leagues. Yep. They need that information as well. Their parents, sometimes parents run those programs. You know, your CYO coach could be that parent. They need to be made aware. That's why we go out there and we talk to organizations. We show up, we train in CPR and how to use an AED because those two life-saving measures will save a life. So 
Thank you for that. And uh, first of all, I have four children of my own and I do not know the signs of sudden cardiac arrest. So shame on me. But I, I, am, I tell you that and I'm full transparency here on the show, guys, you know that already. But probably most people aren't aware of the signs. And so we, so when we come back, maybe we could discuss the signs a bit. And so people, if they never get this programming in their school, at least from, from what they should be aware of, we can talk about that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in about 90 seconds. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the signs. We're going to talk, I want to talk about the schools. I want to talk about how we get you into those programs and obviously the legislation. So this show is called Philanthropy and Focus it was a seedling of an idea. It came out of my imagination, and now it's here, almost 40 episodes into this program. We go live every Friday morning. Melinda Murray-Nyak is here with Dominic Dominic A. Murray, excuse me, Dominic A. Murray 21 Memorial Foundation, Dom 21, Dom Hart 21. Uh, we'll be right back. Tommy D. in the attic with Melinda. Thank you. Thank you. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So come to all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. You know, it's pretty funny when I go out, I leave the attic and people go, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be, you're supposed to be in the attic, man. And then like people say, cut through the static, join Tommy in the attic. Like this is a thing. Like even my, uh, one of my boys, call, one of my sons, my, he calls me uh, Mr. Static sometimes because of the <laughs> static in the attic. So we are back in the attic. Your boy, the nonprofit sector connector. Tommy D here with Melinda Marinayak. Shout out to Facebook. Shout out to uh, my buddy, Mick Collins. Always checking in, Mick. I always know I got you in my corner. Listen to the show. Mick says on Facebook, very sad. So very sad for you, Melinda. You're an inspiration to take this tragedy and turn it into a positive. So thank you, Mick, for checking in. And and that's the thing, Melinda, you know, I, I, I we have a family foundation in memory of my cousin, Linda. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I was having a conversation about this last night is, and, and I actually brought up your name and your story last night with the organization I was at, because it, to find the opportunity and the, the grit and the heart it takes to, to, to do this, you know, to, out of tragedy comes your own greatness to create something, to change the lives for so many other people. Um, I hope you know how important it is what you're Thank doing, you. really. And it, you. yeah, you're welcome. Because sometimes I know we don't always realize the impact we're making. And I would say as somebody watching you do it, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I I would say that I I had a little choice. I did not want to ball up in a corner and do nothing. Um, On that day, um, October 5th, um, and just on Tuesday, it made 12 years that Dominic has been gone, 12 years. But on that day, I was suddenly thrust into becoming a widow and a parent who lost her only child. 
because three years before Dominic collapsed in his sudden cardiac arrest, his father had a massive heart attack at the age of 42. So in three years, I lost my entire family. And when it happened to, when it happens to an adult, you you sort of figure, even though um, Dominic's father was not um, ill and he showed no signs, he had a heart attack because there is a difference um, between a heart attack and a sudden cardiac arrest. Um, When it happened to our only child, three years later, that's when I said, no, this can't happen. And, and um, trying to figure out and find the answers, what is sudden cardiac arrest? I mean, you read this on the autopsy, you're like, what? Especially when you're trying to digest that your child had an underlying condition that was never revealed until that time. Right. Going um, to find out information from organizations like Parent Heart Watch and the American Heart Association and learning that you can do something. Finding out that one in 300 children are born with an underlying heart um, condition. To know that my son is now one of those statistics when it could have been prevented really championed me and really pushed me to want to do something about it. Not just say something, but really do something. And that's why Dominic's Foundation was formed, to, to, to train. To date, we have trained 21,000 people in CPR and how to use an AED. Four lives have been saved so far. Three of them during COVID. So, so four people are alive who potentially would have passed away from sudden cardiac arrest had this education not been done. And that, So first of all, obviously, applause to that. Bigger, though, not bigger than a lifetime, but, but even... Equally as important is 21,000 people are now trained to act quickly, notice the signs, mm-hmm. use the AED. I mean, I, I grew up, you know, when we, you know, it was like the compressions and, and you, mm-hmm. you know, like um, this is different now, right? This is, it's a different world how we do this with, with the electronic devices, right? Well, it's, it's sort of the same doing compressions, the CPR, it's very important. Um, it's what's different now is, People are more prone to taking action. They're not afraid to use the AED. They now know more that you just turn on that. That's a very smart device. You turn it on and it prompts you on what to do. Okay. But, mm-hmm. And then not only do we provide the training, we do also donate and help place AEDs in um, youth serving organizations, businesses, um, gyms places of worship um, for those nonprofits that can't afford them. You know, they don't have that, that funding. We outright donated for those who, who want to place it. We, and they can afford it for profit organizations. We're able to, to direct them on the right path, help them develop their um, emergency response plans, because that's really necessary and needed. We donate them to schools. Um, But majority Lately, we have donated them to youth serving organizations. And so we've donated 37 um, so far. We don't know if they have been used to save a life because it hasn't been reported back to us. But those units are out there. And we've trained um, students, young people, those who were around the same age as Dominic was when he when he collapsed and even younger on how to provide life saving um, CPR to help sustain someone's life until emergency responders arrive. I mean, that, that's the critical moments, right? I mean, if, if somebody makes the call, you know, the, the EMTs are going to be there, but it's, it's what happens in between. How do you bridge that gap of time and act quickly? I love the fact that you're saying young people can do this and can be trained in it. So, uh, you know, something you talk about, uh, and it, and it's it's resonating, so I'm going to bring it up. But I just heard the commercial break, and and this this station here is all about uplift, educate, and empower. And you're empowering young people and older people to help save someone else's life. I mean, what's more impactful than that? You're, you're doing incredible work. The organization's doing incredible work. How does somebody who's listening to this now? follow what the organization is doing, get involved with what the organization is doing, if they are on a PTA, PTO, 
the troop leader, uh, pack leader, den leader, if it's scouts, or, or they run the local soccer league, how do they get in touch with you? Um, we are uh, go to our website, domheart21.org, um, and you know, contact us. We love volunteers. Volunteer with us. Um, also, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter, at domheart21, Instagram, at domheart21, and on Facebook and LinkedIn, the full name of the foundation, Dominic A. Murray 21 Memorial Foundation. We want to hear from people. It takes a village to save a child. So we welcome volunteers. Um, we, we can provide trainings. We want to teach others how to save lives. And we, in order to make an impact, you need to have a community of people who care and who get it and want to do something about it. So thank you for all that information too. So people know how to, so get in touch with Melinda. If, if you sit on one of these boards, if you're involved, I mean, listen, the, all the people I know need to know about this information. I, I want to know, is there two questions? Who is the, in, in sales business, sometimes we call a champion. Like who's the champion inside of a, a school that would be, you need to align with or that you need to connect with. And do you see that you get pushback from schools when you want to bring this information in? So there's a couple of questions wound up in there. Well, I would say the uh, most certainly the school nurses, Nurse. the principal, athletic directors, because they're over the sports programs. Um, but it doesn't stop there. Also, you know, your PTA, but most critically, to be able to get into the schools, to urge them to help to to implement programs such as CPR, AED training at their schools. There was a bill that has been passed, the CPR in schools bill in New York State. It was passed a little over six years ago. It's a requirement for all high school students to learn CPR and how to use an AED before they graduate. And it's what we call hands-only CPR, compression only. You said CPR in schools, that was in New York State law? About six years ago, yes. And I helped lobby for that. So it took many years to pushed that bill through and it finally passed about six years ago. Uh, many states have passed it before, but New York was lagging behind and New York should be in the forefront. Um, so, but many of the schools. Mm-hmm. Just, no, that, that, please continue. Oh, yeah. Many of the schools are required to implement it and it's at the high school level, but they have not fully um, executed it yet that the kids are going through it. Bystander CPR triples the chances of survival. It's critical for these students to learn it. So if you have thought about, if you have already instituted that, but you haven't executed, contact us. We can show you how. We can help you lift it off the ground. The kids need to know this life-saving skill. And it's a requirement before they graduate. So if when we come back, we're going to take a break in a second here. But when we come back, I want to say... Now, I'm connected to the PTA here in my neighborhood. Uh, in fact, I uh, when I was downstairs, I left the attic. Again, I sneaked away from the attic. When I was downstairs about an hour ago, I overheard a phone call here in the house. Um, my wife was on the phone call with a friend of ours who's involved with the PTA here. Um, in fact, I think she's the president. And if I wanted to do some kind of fair, if I wanted to have... Um, the, the organization come out and do something. Is that something I can set up with the PTA? I can just play connector and make that happen. And yeah. Absolutely. All right. So when, when we come back, I want you to tell me what that would look like if we do something like that, because I'm being totally real as wanting to do this for myself. But I know there's people out there listening that say, I should probably do that. I have kids in this district. I need to, you know, be an advocate and empower these these young people and really the administration to know what's going on as well. So when we come back, let's talk about that. And I promise soon we will be getting into the legislation that is out there in New York State and how you all can help us get it uh, get it passed and um, and potentially using your networks to get us to the governor. We'll be right back. Tommy D in the attic with Melinda. Thanks. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. 
Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you a cannabis enthusiast, a cannabis professional, or interested in entering the cannabis space? I'm Johnny Tsunami, and this is Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. On our show, we will discuss the cannabis world through the perspective of various cannabis professionals. Tune in every Thursday evening, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m., Talk Radio NYC, Planet Baco Lolo, a less taboo view. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. You are listening to talkradio.nyc, and I would encourage you to stick around after my program, Philanthropy and Focus, for my boy, the SMB guy who's checking in on Facebook. Shout out, Steve. Uh, he, he said, when I said we'll have a fair, he spelled fair on Facebook, P-H-A-I-R, because that's how we spell things here in the attic. Everything starts with the P-H, even Tommy D. This, the P-H is silent in Tommy D. I don't know what I'm talking about, Melinda. I'm just trying to entertain. So some of it just comes out, and I don't even know if it's good when I say it, but sometimes it works out. So stay tuned for Steve Fry after this. Always Friday, the SMB guy, and then after that, the entrepreneurial web. But we are philanthropy in focus right now, and let's focus on this. Let's focus on the fact that 23,000 young people die from sudden cardiac arrest each year. Preventable. 7,000 of those people are under the age of 18. Again, preventable. Congenital heart defect is what unfortunately took the life of young Dominic A. Murray. Linda, give me the solution here, man. Let's just like um, enough, enough being professional. Let's break it down, man. Like how, how do we, what are we doing? How do we fix this? I always say heart screenings. We need to see what's going on and um, what's going on inside. Stethoscopes are not enough. CPR, knowing how to provide those life-saving compressions. AEDs, making sure they're where youth congregate, actually where all people congregate. Make sure that it's within distance that you can get to that AED and back to that victim within three to five minutes, knowing what to do and doing something. Educating all our youth, young adults, all. I mean, it's just a no brain, it's just that simple. Knowing what sudden, knowing that sudden cardiac arrest is the number one killer of student athletes in the United States, but it just doesn't affect athletes and athletes alone. It affects, it can affect anyone. It can happen while you're sleeping. It could happen while you're just sitting in the classroom. It could happen while you're playing sports. That's why it's critical to recognize the signs. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah, we didn't some- really though. So what, what are the signs? What, what should, if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm the science teacher and I have 19 kids in my class and all of a sudden somebody's experiencing an episode, what, what am I looking for? A sudden cardiac arrest victim will start gasping, gurgling, 
um, have seizure-like symptoms, and immediately, if they, they they immediately just collapse because what a sudden cardiac arrest is, it's when your heart abruptly stops, and then your vital organs begin to shut down. Whereas a heart attack, many people can tell you they feel pressure um, on their chest and they're able to speak to you a bit and let you know that they're going through some signs. So they're able to speak to you. Um, a heart attack can lead to a sudden cardiac arrest when your heart then just stops. So a heart attack is more like a plumbing problem, you know, the huh. constriction of, of your arteries. Sure. And a sudden cardiac arrest is more of an electrical Shout out to all the plumbers. I know we have a lot of plumbers that listen to the show. So we always like to throw in a quick plumber analogy. So that's exactly. So it's like apples and oranges, but a heart attack will lead to a sudden cardiac arrest. Wow. So we, you know, we have, I don't even want to say, I mean, listen, as a, as a guy in his forties, anytime I get chest pain, I go to the emergency room. That's just that that's a policy. I know. And I know I'm probably in the minority of, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, cause some guys just go, ah, you know, nobody, but I, I would encourage you if, if you're having chest pains, please go get, get it checked out right away. But it sounds with the sudden cardiac arrest, I can't tell you I'm in pain. My heart just stops. That, that's it. Right now when um, a ch- student athlete, you know, they compete, they push themselves, they drive themselves to the limit. They may be experiencing um, some symptoms in advance. Mm-hmm. Basically it could happen gradually fainting during or after um, physical activity, if they're startled and, and it causes them to, to faint, if they feel dizziness, fatigue, different things. There are different signs that your child may not tell you about mm-hmm. because it's just normal or they, they just don't want to really alarm their parents. Mm-hmm. So you need to look out for this. Family history is also critical. Know your family history. If there was a sudden death, um, under the age of 50, if heart disease runs in your family, family history is critical. Knowing your family history. Don't just check the box mm-hmm. when the pre-participation um, sports form comes home. Don't just, you know, breeze through it and check the box, assuming everything's okay. Really read what those questions are and think about it and sit down with your child and go through that pre-participation sports form with them. Many parents check the box. No doubt. Such great insight because I think people do just go, oh, we're good. You feel good? Cool. Move move on. And so when you talk about screenings, let's go to this this fair that now Steve and me on the Facebook have created an entire thing because like that's what I do, creating things in my head and then they actually happen in the real world. So what what does this look like? If I pull this off, like what is it like? Who do I need to be involved? What is the day? I'm assuming it's like a Saturday morning, you know. It's not a fair. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I don't know why I'm calling it a fair. No, but we can. But, um, yeah, we got to get them there. So we might have to. We might have to call it a fair to get the people there. Basically, um, work with the schools. Like we, we, um, we have a program that's called Heart Screen New York. It's it's a it's an affiliate program, um, that our foundation and, and another foundation partner to to do. And it's twice a month, October and in March. And we go. Um, we have them in the schools because you want the athletic directors sports teams um, to be involved. So they're, they're carefully planned. We, we, we have a waiting list. So we have schools right, that so, are on the waiting list. So, so this is not, so th- this is not something like plug and play. Like if I, if we want to well plan, well <laughs> yeah. plan. All right. So, so there's a waiting list. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll connect um, with the schools and actually provide them a presentation, let them know exactly what's involved. Um, and, we provide the screening. It could go for 400 kids that we can screen. And let me tell you the magnitude of the heart screenings. Yeah. What it basically is, is a $1,000 grant per child that's basically given to this child because they do not pay for this screening. The um, foundations absorb the cost of the screenings. Um, that's why our foundation relies on fundraising to provide the programs that we do. What, what if there's, I, I want to challenge this for a second. If, if, what if there was an alignment with sponsors or insurance companies or different things like that? Again, it's, you don't really have to give me a, an answer because it's more me thinking and you and I should talk about it another time. But I'm just wondering how 
you know, because it's HeartScreen New York is another organization that you partner with. Program. No, it's that's, a program. That's, that's the program. <laughs> program. But, right. But I mean, so, that's $400,000 to do that. Is that right? Right. So we have sponsors okay. and we also fundraise for it. Okay. Now, when you think about the, when you think about the thousand dollars, I'm going to tell you what it is and why that's considered a grant. Okay. Because what the student receives is um, a heart sound physical. So it's a physical. They um, also get uh, a EKG, which is an electrical cardiogram, mm-hmm. which monitors the electrical um, activity of the heart. Um, an echo, if it's needed, you know, if something is triggered, yep. if it's needed. And they see um, a pediatric cardiologist and other cardiologists. And I'll tell you the importance of a pediatric cardiologist when it comes to a child who is screened. We screen between the ages of 12 and 25. What a pediatric cardiologist will recognize in a child, teen, a young adult, they would recognize what an adult cardiologist may miss. And that is why you focus on on that. Um, Also, part of the program, they learn CPR and how to use AED. And they, they, they are also provided information on sudden cardiac arrest. To date, the program has screened over, it's actually close to 6,000 youth and 102 have been identified at risk. And we've been doing this since 2011. So, so you've literally, you know, you talk about saving four lives through the other program, but we countless lives have been saved through this other program by, by uncovering these things that, that now can be addressed. That, as you said earlier, in Dominic's case was a ticking time bomb. You didn't know, you knew nothing about this until unfortunately it passed. So how for those types of programs, how does a school qualify? See, I, I'm on the mindset, like how to, so let's just say the money's not there. Like, I, I, is it fair to assume that you have a waiting list because is it budgetary or, no. okay. So well, basically um, it's actually being opened in the school. So we, we really go to the high schools, right? Okay. So um, and there's really schools doing- I have in mind, which I will, you know, talk to you well, about. Well, we could do that, but look, but you really focus on the high schools specifically. Right, because the high schools and middle schools, but we go into the high schools basically because they have, you know, majority of students. And that's basically where we've always done it within within the schools because you need the buy-in from the principal, athletic directors, all, all involved, and they have access to the kids. Yep. You know, and it's it is always done on, on a Saturday. Um, and the waiting list is because we have schools that we, that, that have already like reached out to us. So it's not like some school would not be in it because it's something budgetary. That's not the case at all. It's because we have it twice a year. It's manageable. We have volunteers from medical students to nurse practitioners, to cardiologists, um, many different reputable um, hospitals and organizations that have been with us since 2011 and they volunteer their time. They are amazing. When, and when so that's why we have it twice a year. Is there, did you say October? Give me the dates. October and March. Those are the two months that we have it. Now has October happened or is it not happening because October of- has happened. October 2nd, we were at Sachem high school okay. um, on Long Island. And right. that was our first um, screening since COVID. Since COVID COVID. Right. Yeah. Obviously things are on hold guys. Everything's a different world. So we know that. All right. So let's, let's tease the audience a little bit. When we come back, we're going to do another break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what the legislation is, how, how, how it's taken you to get here. And really this is when I need you all to pay attention gang, what we need, how we need you to help us out through your relationships, through your connections, through people, you know, to get what I need. And I'll tell you what it is, what Melinda and I need. So when we get back, we'll talk about, what it took you to get through this legislation that's out there um, and how, how to how to solve it, how to check that final box. So Melinda and Tommy D in the attic, plants being focused. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. 
uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Attic. Cut through all the static. Join Tommy in. All right, I'll stop singing in his attic. All right, here's a voice. I do? Do you, yes. they, so, oh my goodness, that makes me so happy. I, you know what? I, maybe I'll have to. Uh, that's actually my friend Brendan Levy from the Queen's Chamber of Commerce who's doing the lyrics there. He wrote the song, he wrote the music, he wrote the lyrics, the whole deal. And uh, every time I sing it and put it out there on social media, he tells me that I should stop singing it. So thank you, Melinda, for telling me that I should continue singing it. You know what, Brendan, if you're listening, maybe you're not going to get to sing my song anymore. I'm going to be the new singer of the song. This is Philanthropy in Focus. Uh, I am Tommy D. And I want to ask you one last thing before we jump into legislation, Melinda. We're talking about CPR, AEDs. We're talking about sudden cardiac arrest. Um while it takes some time to get a school on board and you, you do these um, these days uh, in March and October, educational resources to educate young people. Give me some other places to go, whether it be your site or somewhere else, because I'm like, well, I want this in my district, but if I can't have it right away, what can we provide? Well, the information, the heart screenings are our plan. I do welcome the opportunity to come into the schools, go into the school districts to educate and talk about sudden cardiac arrest provide these CPR AED trainings for um, the students. I mean, I, I actually, I welcome that if I can get into these school districts to provide these trainings, okay. to provide this information, to ensure that they have AEDs that are, that are strategically located throughout their schools and readily accessible. That is something that we can do every day. And I think I took two ideas and mushed them together like I tend to sometimes do. So to break it apart, getting you access to districts and people and programs who need this education is another piece that we can do regularly. Yes, right. right yeah. Totally get it now. All right. So listen, hard screenings in your school districts that can happen in March and October. If this information is valuable to you and if you like young people being protected, it's valuable. Let's be real here. Then reach out to, you know, Melinda or myself, if you can't get through to Melinda, um, Tommy D at philanthropy and focus.com. Um, and we can make that happen. All right, let's get to the, let's get to the, 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 the most important part of this top of this conversation, or at least the top two, what, what do you need? How can we help with this situation that's going on right now? Right now we're waiting desperately for life-saving um, legislation to be signed into law. Um, it took us 10 years to get to the point that the Dominic A- that the Dominic Murray Sudden Cardiac Arrest Prevention Act, Dominic's law, passed through Assembly and Senate unanimously. For the first time in 10 years, we worked hard on it. The gist of the bill is this, providing information, schools, public and non-public schools, providing information to students and their families on sudden cardiac arrest, its signs, symptoms, and risks as part of every permission consent form to provide, to participate in physical education and gym, to participate in sports. Parents will have this information as part of that package. They will be educated on the signs and symptoms that it's a one-cheater. At least they'll be made aware. Parents don't know what they need to know if we don't tell them what they need to know. What also it entails is coaches 
are also going to be trained, similar to the Concussion Act that passed in all states, on how to recognize these symptoms if a child exhibits this within play. So they are removed from play and they can actually go and see, you know, they're required to see a cardiologist or, you know, their family physician who would lead them to a cardiologist to ensure that they're clear to participate before it's too late. We worked 10 years on this. It finally passed this last June. Um, and we're waiting for the governor to sign it into law. This is a life-saving law. It's information, budget neutral, no financial dollars attached to it. Hey, oh, oh, oh. got to pause you right there. This is just information. All we're asking for, we're not even trying to pull this out of somebody's line item and move money around or anything like oh. that, which, which, which would be worthwhile anyhow, but we don't even have to have that discussion. You're saying that this is just what you're asking for, what Dominic's law would be, is just require the education. That information, part of that pre-participation and also those consent forms. Parents need to know. Also, educating those coaches on what to look for. They're already going through the training of what to identify as far as a concussion. <clears throat> They're also already receiving CPR um, training. This is added on to that to recognize the signs, to pull that kid from play. So, here's now here's where I ask here's my specific ask for you listening to this show and we don't have a lot of time to get this done in fact if this doesn't get done by the end of this year we have to we the organization I, I not to put myself in the organization I didn't do any work for this I'm just trying to help here but the organization has to start from scratch after 10 years of work getting a unanimous decision by uh by New York State without the governor yet we need the governor so Governor Hochul, I don't know you. You don't know me. But if if somebody can get this information to you, what what is what do we need, Melinda? How do we get? We, on need, her? We, we need to reach out to her. We need to email her. Write to her. Parents need to um, let her know that this is important to them. Guardians, parents, whether you have a child or you don't have a child, this was pushed as a mother who lost her only child who did not want this to happen to someone else. How do you reach? the students? How do you reach the parents going into the school system? And by passing this legislation, new, by unanimously assembly and Senate, it showed that New York state cherishes their students, all students, athletes, non-athletes, all. Because you and I both know, we've talked about it in the past. We've talked about it today. Sudden cardiac arrest does not discriminate. It can happen to anyone at any time, oftentimes without warning. But this information, if, if this information came home to me, I would have known, okay, maybe it's family history. These are signs to look for. Well, Dominic has exhibited that. Maybe that's something to look for. But I didn't have that. Well, I just had a, you're healthy. Are, I don't really, I, I need to know. Were there signs when you look back after you knew what, I'm thinking as I look back where he said, you know, he was a little exhausted or he felt faint after, yeah. you know, after working out. But when you think about athletes, you're like, oh, well, you know, just rest, relax. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Again, we Sometimes yeah. kids won't tell you because they don't want to worry the parents. They want to go out there and play that he game. He doesn't want to worry, but he also doesn't want to sit. Right. Like that. that's the other yeah. thing. You get it. They don't, yeah. they don't want to take a chance and, and relax. Yeah, I get it. Um, I, I learned so much on this program every single week, and and uh, we had a Lisa Seeger on uh, a couple weeks ago who uh, had legislation passed um, in memory of her son Aiden to have um, infant uh, testing for for, and she's doing an incredible. In fact, um, maybe maybe she'd be a good connect for you to talk to just about how how things have happened and how. Um, how you might be able to collaborate. So let's make that, actually, I'll make that happen. We'll, we'll, we'll make that connection. I'll, I'll do like a, an, an email or text intro for you. So I would ask you all though, reach out to Melinda. Melinda, how do they get you directly if they have a connection or they have a way to get to, to what we need? Domheart21.org and click on contact us and the your, your letter will come directly to me. Domheart21.org, Melinda Murray Nyack, founder. Uh, I, I set it up front. I'm going to say it again. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate the work you're doing. I appreciate your candor on telling this story. And 
you literally are changing lives of other people by the work you do, which is what fires me up to get up here every Friday morning and do this and have this conversation. So thank you for being here. And um, if you have, do you have an event or anything coming up that you want to share? Well, um, unfortunately, in response to the COVID-19, you know, epidemic that's still going on, we, we were forced to, we actually had to postpone our Red Gala this year. It would have been October 23rd, but our life-saving mission is not on pause. So we um, have started our virtual fundraiser. It's called the 21 for 21 Opportunity Drawing. Funds raised will help us um, continue our youth heart screenings, place life-saving AEDs in youth-serving organizations. That's critical. And um, this Opportunity Drawing, we have great sponsors, JetBlue Airways, Breeze Airways, um, Vetro from Russo's on the Bay, as well as um, a doc, Dr. Curtis Johnson. And by just entering this opportunity drawing, 21 being Dominic's jersey, number $21, um, you have a chance, an opportunity to win great prizes. But in addition to that, you have an opportunity to help save a life. This is the Red Gala was our one and only fundraiser, major fundraiser every year. And now we are resorting to our virtual fundraiser. It's on our website. It's so on our social media. 21 for 21, and you can find it right on the website. Mm-hmm. And also on our social media, but go to our website under special events and you'll see it. Just click on learn more under 21 for 21 campaign. We, you know, this support will help place AEDs where they're needed and it'll help us screen more hearts. Melinda, I, we got to leave it there because my buddy Steve Fry is putting his sunglasses on right now. He's ready to do the show. The SMB okay. guy will be here Thank soon. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this. I appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship. I hope to see you again in real life, in real person yeah. soon, very soon. Thanks for being here. This show is called Philanthropy and Focus. It started out as an idea. And now it's a reality like most things in life. But here's what I want to tell you. If you want to find me, TommyD.NYC on Instagram, TommyD.NYC on TikTok. We have a Facebook page. You can just track us down. If you're looking for me, you want to get me on an email, TommyD.PhilanthropyInFocus.com. Next week on the show, another friend of mine, Shannon Boyle from Newground. I know Shannon for many, many years. Newground works with struggling veterans and families to help break the cycle of homelessness and poverty. Another important topic right here. We will talk to Shannon. We will find out how you all can help. Melinda, thanks for being here. Thanks for everybody checking in everywhere, Facebook and uh and live here, and then check us out on podcast platforms. Sam Leibowitz, you do a great job on the other side of the glass. Thank you for your leadership. Everybody, make it a great weekend. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So come through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Um. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. 
unproven world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 